Hey, what's up, Missoula? It's Coulter Nuanez of your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Not only does the M Store in downtown Missoula have the best and most unique Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. That's right, they're all Grizz all the time down there at the M Store, which if you haven't been into their relatively new location there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway, go check it out. You're going to find Grizz stuff that you can't find anywhere else in Missoula or anywhere else in Montana. But they also have a new Apple store inside the M store. Now, I've been using a MacBook Pro for the better part of a decade, and it is awesome. But it's also a little bit precarious to find somebody to fix it. I also have a habit of leaving my MacBook chargers in various airports across the United States. Don't worry, I've accumulated like four or five of them now because I have to rebuy them. And then they, you know, eventually find them and send them back to me. But that's here nor there. Any and all Apple products you might need, any and all Apple service you might have to have taken care of, they can help you down there at the M Store. Go check out the M Store for all of your Apple needs and all your Grizz needs. The M Store, located in the heart of downtown Missoula, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. We're uh, listening to a bunch of music of concerts that are coming here. That's not one of them, though. The rest of the playlist today is. I I wish Hozier was coming here, but but he's not, uh, unfortunately. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm in the concert mood. I went to my first show last night at the Wilma, and uh, it was a good time, fun time. It's always a great time at the Wilma. It's just such a cool venue, and I very much enjoyed myself. Uh, the act, Joseph, they also had a great time as well. You could tell uh, they, they're from Portland, so they had some ties to Missoula. They told a story about playing their one of their first shows ever at the Badlander years and years and years ago, and yeah, they said they made like 20 bucks, and here they are almost selling out the Wilma, so uh, always fun. Nuwana's now uh, first hour included a uh, breakdown of the um, State of Missoula event down there at the Doubletree today. Not necessarily the politics of it all, but more just a reminder that a lot more stuff is probably getting done in the political spectrum than we give it credit for, even on the statewide level, and we probably get along a lot better than uh, what we'd like to believe if you only watch the news. So that was sort of the discussion point there. We also talked conference realignment because, of course, we did, which we're going to talk a little bit more right now. Talk some NBA playoffs, and we give you our Treasure State Stars, some of the best uh, individual performances from around the state of Montana. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. In studio now, live. Well, I love when we come uh, together here. I like all our venues because... Uh, the uh, the Studio 49 down there at the Gallagher Business Building is pretty cool, too. But Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor and uh, the co-host of the Business Angle a couple times a month here uh, on Nuanas Now. What's up, man? How you doing? Not much. Uh, doing well. Sliding into summer. we got this home-and-home home series. That yeah, 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 yeah. place you come to mind. It works out pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. So I sent you an article today. I'm sorry for giving you homework. I know you're you're counting down the days so you're back in the classroom here. Right. I'm absolutely counting them down. No, that, was, <laughs> that was a great read, that SIR. It, it was for sure. I mean, so uh, to recap, if you're just now joining us, Ross Dellinger wrote an article for Sports Illustrated. Uh, the entry point here was that conference meetings for a variety of the Power Five leagues happened over the last couple weeks. So the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC all met, and uh, quite a few leaks, I guess you could say, out of out of these meetings, and a lot of speculation. But uh, I thought it was particularly interesting because it actually kind of gave a timeline. You and I have been talking about all this stuff, but it actually gave timelines to when some of these TV deals are up. Yeah. And it's basically this summer or next summer for most of the Power 5 TV deals. So 
uh, just just start there. It seems like the urgency is heightened. There's going to be a lot of different uh, picking and choosing going on, I think. Definitely the urgency is heightened with these deals that are long-term in nature. I mean, I think one of the current deals, the ACC deal, goes out to 2036 with the uh, 20, 2026, but still, that, that was another one of the entry points was the ACC's even sitting there thinking three years is too long. We yeah. can't get left in the dust. And so... It's kind of hard to get your head around what's happening here. It is. And, and, and it'd be interesting, like, to go, we'll come back to this, like, how much actual reporting was in there that's useful for somebody True. to understand what's happening. It was a bunch of quotes from people, right. but those are probably quite strategically placed, right? For sure. But what seems to be happening is like a conference is a coalition, and that coalition involves transfer payments. Right. Right. It used to involve more than that. It used to involve some similarity in geography, sure. some similarity in size, some other attributes that would tie a collection of schools together. Um, for, for example, the Pac-12 is probably the one that has maintained what it wanted in terms of institutional alignment yeah. more than most, uh, you know, Part of it was just lip service, but like when Utah and Colorado joined the Pac-12, they said, well, the number one reason is because they're high research institutions that are state schools. Stanford and and Cal aren't going to try to align themselves with anybody that doesn't have at least kind of similar academics. But, but you know, like you're saying, it used to be a lot more important than it is now. Now, it doesn't matter if you're two time zones away. It seems like everything is a reality if the the numbers are right. Totally. And, And so these are mechanisms for negotiating media contracts, right? And the way you negotiate a media media contract is you try to get the biggest number and then you spread that number around across your member schools and there are some schools that get paid more and some that get paid less. Yeah. And within that is a system of transfer payments, right? There's some schools that are sort of being subsidized to be a part of the consortium and there's some schools that are doing the subsidizing, right? And so that presents a tenuous balance And so these conference commissioners have to hold that together. One strategy to hold it together is just to expand the pie, right? To bring in other revenue generators. You can can raise the top line. Problem is, is that creates or can create more disparity between the members, which makes the coalition inherently more unstable, especially when the only thing tying them together is the media deal. So these things, by their nature, they're getting bigger and... It's feeling like um, consolidation, but I think they're inherently less stable because there's far fewer things other than a media deal tying them together. Well, and that's the whole thing is it shows how unstable it can possibly be because the sort of entry point here was the ACC. They're locked into this deal with ESPN until 2026, but seven of the members want out because they want to be in on the other deals. Florida State's sort of the one pounding the drum wanting to be the one out first. Because the projections are that they're going to make almost 20% of the revenue for the ACC when it comes to football, yeah. and they're only going to get seven. Right. And, and you know, that's where this whole thing gets wonky. For Florida State to buy their way out of the ACC, it's $125 million. The reason that's wonky is I almost said only $125 million yeah. because that seems yeah. like a great deal considering what you have to gain. Well, what's at stake? Oh, however, it is a gamble. Like, do you want to be in that position of right. being the sort of subsidizer and having stability or do you want to sort of join the bigger pool of bigger players and and, and maybe that 
maybe that is part of a tide that rises your institution, but you were then in a low power position. Right. And they could, you know, if, if, if you're not pulling your weight or if you're now in a position and Florida State is now in a position where it's being subsidized by other institutions, you know, that that creates some uncertainty for them as well. So this this whole thing is, is kind of a mess. And you see these things that are, are, are held together upon fewer and fewer ties. Uh, like I said, they become more inherently unstable, particularly as these deadlines arise. The Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications, Justin Angle in studio. To find out how Blackfoot can help you and your small business, visit goblackfoot.com. I want to come back. We'll come back to some of the specifics here, but I want to ask you a broad question. We, we've talked about this, but um, football in general in America just seems like this this juggernaut that just cannot be stopped. Yeah. Is there any risk to this? Uh, you know, because the NFL, we, we've discussed extensively why it's such a low risk proposition. The NFL has more than a decade worth of trials by error of all the things that could happen to the league that could derail it that haven't derailed it at all. Is college sports, though, as safe of an investment? Because I do think that there's more volatility here for a variety of reasons. But what do you think? Yeah, this is a tricky space because I have sort of a, um, uh, an ideological uh, approach to this issue. Totally. Like I still sort of feel that these things are educational institutions and right. have an educational mission. And so if college sports is part of that overarching educational mission, I think there's a ton of risk. Right, yes, because this right. is essentially a, a media business now. Right. Uh, you layer on just the wholehearted embrace of all things sports gambling at all levels of sport uh, that's, that's pumped out through mass media. And it just creates all kinds of difficult incentives mm-hmm. for the players, for the coaches, for the university administrators, the university presidents. Um, all of it is rolling up into dollars more and more than it used to. I mean, it's always been a business, but we've been able to sort of do a little hand waving and say, oh yeah, there's there's more sort of integrity driving the system than just the bottom line. And, right. and all of these forces seem to make it just more explicitly all about the bottom line. And to me, that, that adds a just a level of clarity that we maybe didn't have before that, hey, this really is just a business and does it really make any sense that these things are attached to these universities? Well, that's what, uh, I think that the train is rolling down the tracks with no brakes. It's not stopping, right? But that's where I hope it lands. I hope there's some sort of fracturing where everybody that decides that they just want to have a semi-pro football team, basically, because football is going to dictate this whole thing, just do it. And then everybody else is left to make decisions to maybe have football programs and universities that can exist in, in the space that you're talking about. Like I, I think about Stanford and Cal as the potential leaders of this because every team in the Pac-12, it, it, the Washington and Oregon's of the world, the Utahs and Colorados and Arizona and Arizona States, they're going to get a piece of the pie. Yeah. They're going to find a way to align with the Big Ten or the Big 12. UCLA and USC are already out. So, but where does Stanford land? I mean, I, I think for to what you're talking about, it would be kind of cool if Stanford just said, hey, we're just going to play independent football. We just want to have a D1 football team because of campus culture, and uh, we're going to prioritize other things. Yeah, it's tricky, though, because the university's whole fundraising apparatus is so tied to the athletic program. Right. Now, yeah. Stanford is an academic institution that has a giant endowment, has a massive... 
um, fundraising apparatus that exists outside of sports, and it's got grant research beyond belief. Yes. So an institution like that could have the power, but why would they do it other than to uphold academic integrity? So I think it's going to take potentially a fracture that is motivated by the players hmm. or mm-hmm. the big coaches, you know, like the Nick Sabans of the world that say, you just, we just don't need a university anymore. Uh, you know, I, I think some things would have to happen, but as you say, we are kind of on a train barreling down the tracks. It does feel like um, the stability in the system is just decreasing and decreasing. It's going to be fascinating because this is go. Everything is going to be dominoes that then fall, and it's going to affect where we're at now. I don't know how. I don't know when. Yeah. But it's it's definitely going to affect it, and I think so much of that just has to do with the regionality of it all, right? The West has the most to lose because there's only three Division One football playing conferences. Yeah. In the West. I mean, talk about capitalizing on a moment in time. San Diego State has been sort of the, the school that's been talked about as the, the mid-major that's going to be wooed by the yeah. Pac-12. And then they go to the NCAA tournament final. They look a lot even more intriguing now. Yeah, and are you really going to – I mean, is, is is San Diego State a good investment for a conference? I mean, they're sort of the right. flavor of the month. But sure. how long does that last? How sustainable is success? How – you know, how does that relate to, you know, you're making investments in basketball versus football. Uh, again, there's just so, there's such a small number of things tying these institutions together. For sure. Uh, do conferences make sense anymore? Although at the same time, there were three letters that were, uh, or for, sorry, four letters that were conspicuously missing from that SI article, and those were NCAA. Right, right? That, exactly. That was not mentioned once. Exactly. So I know we've talked about that institution a lot in this segment. Does the NCAA maintain any power in this? Their power has been decreasing more and more. For sure. Um, do they maybe become something that football emancipates itself completely? from completely. I don't know. Well, that's going to be the entire tipping point, right? Is if all these schools are making these decisions first and foremost based on their football programs, then what does that do to basketball? Because the last arm of power that the NCAA does have tournament. is administering uh, the uh, the men's basketball yeah. tournament. It's going to be wild to see how it all plays out. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. All I can tell you about what I do know is going to happen is that Everything as we know it right now is going to be a lot different, and it's going to be a lot different pretty soon. It's moving fast, yeah. It's definitely going to be moving fast. Duan is now ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. They, they want it to all move fast so the bidding rights can then – so the auctions, you know, is, is this going to be a, a bidding war? And I mean, if Florida State and Clemson somehow end up in the SEC, that SEC deal is going to be worth so much money that it's going to fracture everything else because I just don't know how you keep up. Yeah, and then we've talked about this before. Are there conferences as we know them, or are there just like ESPN schools and Fox Sports schools or some other? <laughs> right. Or Amazon schools. Right, Who knows totally. what it's going to be? Apple maybe <laughs> makes a play in this space. Who knows? Totally. It's going to be wild to see. I mean, maybe we'll just go back to the future. Like People forget that once upon a time, it wasn't just Notre Dame that was playing independent schedules. Yeah. Like Miami, Penn State, a lot of schools were playing independent schedules. Maybe schools decide to go do that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the Business Angle, live in studio. Justin Angle is here with us. He is a professor uh, at the University of Montana Business School and joins us a couple times a month to talk about the overlay uh, between business and sports. The PGA Championship coming up mm. this uh, weekend. 
Um, actually, our, our good friends at Blackfoot just sent me an email just inquiring about the live because they both want a little bit of a lesson. So I wrote them a response, and I said we talk about it quite a bit because they were curious. This rule sort of changed without me realizing it. You and I were talking about how the, the most conspicuous part of the live tour was that these guys that were going to take these exorbitant amount of money wouldn't then be able to play in some of the major championships. That became untrue quickly, and mm-hmm. now it's based on an invite basis, but still 17 guys from the Live will be playing in the PGA Championship this week. So uh, I don't know, man. I-, I know there's a lot of controversy behind the Live, but I also think sort of this big, bad, evil empire league versus the the wholesome PGA guys, it makes for some pretty good theater coming into these majors. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about it with that great Netflix program, Full Swing, kind of playing that up. It, it was very salient at the Masters when a lot of the, you know, the guys that had gone to the Live Tour dominated the leaderboard for there. For sure. Um, so it makes for good drama uh, to some degree. However, is it is it drama that's sort of cannibalistic to the sport? Right. <laughs> you know, what are the who are the winners and losers here? It's 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 unclear right now. I think both organizations and certainly the players are benefiting from all the dialogue about it, but but where it lands isn't exactly clear to me. If the four majors still remain as the major events in the sport and they maintain their independence from either league, maybe it's sort of this this equilibrium we're in of a sort is maintainable, but um, at some point, it doesn't make sense to have these two tours unless Liv really delivers on differentiating the product and the viewing experience. Sure, sure. What is the experience for the athletes and what is the the experience for the viewers because the structure of their tournaments is a little bit different, right? right. They don't play just four whole, four days. No, they just rounds. play the three days. There's no cut. And so, yeah, it is a little bit less wear and tear. It's more guaranteed money because you yep. don't have to make a cut. You're going to get paid no matter what when you're in a tournament. That's sort of one of the big lures here. It is interesting because I was thinking that exact same thing. I do think that having these sort of polarized leagues coming to a head four different times during the, you know, the regular season of golf, as you'd call it, for the four majors – is good for the majors and probably actually detrimental to everything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's you don't, you're never going to watch the Live Tour. I mean, even I'm a big golf guy. I'm not going to go to get out of my way to watch the Live Tour, no. but I'm definitely going to love watching the Live guys in this, even though I have some huge reservations about the Live Tour. I'm still going to wa- love watching Brooks Kepka versus Rory McIlroy this weekend. Oh, sure, but that's at a major. And, right. And, and, and other, you know, the only other, there's some other, regular PGA tour stops that have been able to differentiate like the waste management open or whatever that's called sure, right. in Phoenix. It's become this like totally different event where the crowd is involved and it's, you know, sort of a party the whole time. So I think there's some parallels here. And to me, the, the consistent theme across a lot of professional sports is just the erosion of our intention span. You know, right, TikTok, right. TikTokification and Twitterification of, of our attention spans as you turn your phone over. <laughs> I know. Um, so we do have news know, from uh, Andrew coming up here in just a minute. That's what I was reading is that we got some uh, transfer portal news because, of course, we do. It's that time nice. of year. So, like, it's just less interesting to watch a regular season baseball game. Right. Less the NBA regular season totally. has become part of that's just like all the load management that the players are For under. Sure. But it's just such a long season that nobody's paying attention. For sure. And then it gets serious at the playoffs. Do you want to watch just like a normal non-major golf tournament? Right. Unless you're a super fan, but otherwise, 
Not really. Well, and that's going to be the next. I want to ask you about this because I think this is the next evolution of marketing to sports fans. Because I think the sports fan of the 21st century, where we're at right now, is someone like me who wants to be involved and know as much as uh, as much about as many sports as I can. And the only way to do that is to only follow the top competitions right. in each sport, and or to create some new delivery mechanism so mm, right instead of having three days of 18 holes right change it up do tournament play or skins or integrate betting right. in some like just create a different viewing experience where you create more on-ramps for a visitor where it's not like you have to watch this it's watching a golf tournament if you don't really understand golf it's it's kind of all over the place no, like, for sure hey, this guy He's done, but he can still win if this guy fails. <laughs> it's just hard to kind of track. It is. it is, for sure. And, you know, they could do a lot more things to make it more real time. And, you know, that, you know, purist would say that's antithetical to the values of the sport and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you got to innovate or people are going to go away. Well, that's why this new thing, uh, the business angle with Justin Angle in studio, this new uh, pursuit with Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods about playing with each other on the simulator yeah. I think that will then, it's like a simulator league that will first start with the engagement of people be, being able to play on their own simulators or at a simulator at their local, you know, sports barn or whatever it might mm -hmm. be. And then it will have a virtual reality element to it. And now all of a sudden, now you have a completely new experience like you're talking about. Play golf with Tiger Woods. And virtually. it's crazy how stuff like that takes off. Like stuff I'd For never sure. think would be popular, like watching people play poker. People oh, love that. Or watching people play video games. It's huge. I mean, these Twitch channels for the video games are like multi-multi-million dollar businesses of people just watching other people play Call of Duty. It's oh, nuts. Yeah. Way bigger audiences than a lot of the sports you're talking <laughs> way, about every day. Way bigger audience. I mean, like those guys at the, the top gaming team or whatever, those guys are making way more money than the professional athletes. It's totally wild. Speaking of guys that make a lot of money, though, I want to ask you one last thing about uh, the NBA playoffs because the uh, the Final Four is now upon us. The yep. Western Conference Finals starts tonight. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers at the Denver Nuggets at 6.30, so we will roll right into that game here on ESPN Radio. And then the Eastern Conference Finals start tomorrow night, Miami at Boston. The NBA is in a phenomenal situation right now because they have superstars across the league. I mean, you got guys on teams that didn't even make the playoffs, let alone pretty much every series in the league this year. There was like a, a, a must-see guy or a guy that people know by name. They're going to pay money to see. But you look at sort of the headliners that remain in the playoffs right now. LeBron James, he's certainly the king the king star. Yeah, he's I mean, going to draw. He's yeah. the star of stars. You know, he he uh, appeals to the widest demographic of, of people that are going to be watching the NBA uh, Conference Finals. Anthony Davis has is, is, had this prodigious talent but ne has never really been much of a superstar in personality, but he's certainly mm -hmm. a well-known guy, especially because of his allegiance with LeBron. Nikola Jokic hardly says a word. He's probably the least marketable superstar yeah. in the league, but he's also incredible to watch because he's so unorthodox. Well, he spiced it up by bumping oh, into that Suns oh, owner. Oh, oh for sure. Oh, for sure. And as Andrew always mentions, too, you got to pay attention to the post-game stuff because he's actually very funny. He, yeah. he just doesn't get as much run because he doesn't ramble on and he's not you know that brash or outwardly vocal, but he is kind of funny with some of his jabs. And then you got Jason Tatum, who's kind of the clean-cut, understated superstar for the Celtics. And then Jimmy Butler, who's sort of been this polarizing star so much because of his background, where he came from, and, and sort of his rise through the league. 
But then on the other hand, you have most of the best big stars in the league, whether it's Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving. They're all out yeah. uh, of the playoffs. So um, what do we think of this from the NBA perspective? I mean, uh, is this a, a make or break with LeBron James for the league? Or what do we think of this from a marketing perspective of this conference finals yeah, based on the superstars? I mean, I think the NBA is definitely not wanting to see a Denver-Miami final. For sure. Right? Like, if you get, there's there's a lot of storylines that, that, that the various mass matchups could feed into. But Denver-Miami is not the optimal one. Right. You could get Lakers-Celtics would be hearkening back to former glory. Well, for that, sure. That and that, and I mean. You know the conspiracy theories that think the NBA is rigged. That's what the NBA. That's what they would say the NBA. Of would course, want. and you could look at you know LeBron versus Miami as a threat sure, too. Sure, sure. And you know with the Celtics, Jason Tatum and, and their crew. Yeah, they've been sort of you know notoriously inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, in a really kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde way. Like, you just don't know who's going to show up. For sure. If the Tatum that showed up in Game 7 shows up for the series, you know, he could enter that echelon of those big names that you say are out of the, already out of the tournament. So there, there's a lot of storylines that could get played into. Yeah, the Jimmy Butler storyline, he could transcend as well and kind of bring more people into his tent and maybe... Um, Sort of, not necessarily erase some of that story, that that murky past, sure. but but address it to some degree. The, the the last point here, I think that's fascinating, is that we've heard more about the the promotion of each individual person's brand yeah. amongst NBA superstars more than any other sport. There's more guys that have. I mean, if you watch guys that have actually endorsement deals on TV, even though the NFL is the biggest sport in in the country by a, a long shot. Yeah. Who actually has commercials? Like mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott. Not many. But not many. Whereas you can count commercials for everybody from Luka Doncic to Joel Embiid and a whole bunch of guys in between. So much about it that's fascinating to me, though, is the most dramatic guys, the most controversial guys, the guys that pound their chest the most are actually somehow more marketable than the guys like Nikola Jokic, who doesn't really talk, but he's in the Western Conference Finals again. Yeah, of all the pro sports pro team sports basketball is the one where and just by virtue of the structure of the sport right it's only five people on the floor at any right. at any point uh, a single player can have the most individual influence over the outcome yes, of the game that's right and the structure of the game allows for that expression of individuality in for a sure. way that you know, football, baseball, it, those sports don't and they don't a, have a culture of that as well. Yeah, I mean if it's if it's does. a tie game tonight then LeBron James will have the ball in his hands, and and Jokic will have the ball in his oh, hands, and you you know the the best player in baseball might not even get in at bat. Yeah, absolutely. Or they can't, you know, in football maybe you don't get possession. Right, There's totally. All these other factors. Wayne Gretzky might not get the puck. LeBron James will have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. One hundred percent. That's part of why. Yep. Uh, I, I just do think it's interesting that some of the most marketable guys are the ones that aren't left playing, and then I I couldn't help but wonder if maybe stability and concentration on I don't know the sport you're playing is more important than trying to sell shoes, right? Yeah. And you, you know, who knows what marketability is? Right? Sure. Like, is, is Kevin Durant working on selling shoes or developing a loyal fan base? Right. 
because moving around to a bunch of different teams can can affect your personal brand to some degree and maybe your ability to generate sponsorship dollars as an individual, but it doesn't do a lot to cultivate a, a, a rabid fan base because sure. it's just so your allegiances are so fractured across various constituencies. It's just amazing the things that go into it and uh, sometimes and oftentimes it's not necessarily winning. How you play basketball, how yeah. you carry yourself, what you look. I mean, John Morant, and this is probably going to go away soon if it hasn't already, but John Morant had a custom shoe before a lot of these guys had a custom right, shoe. Right, And, you know, now he doesn't have any good friends that will tell him to just leave his gun at home or at least not put it on Instagram. But either way, we digress. Uh, but it just is fascinating, the things that go into the marketing of, mm-hmm. of a superstar. Yeah, and, and then you got to wonder, like, who's their boss? Is it... Right. Is it Nike or right. Adidas or great, whoever it is, great point. Uh, Under Armour, or is it their coach? It was a great point. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, the business angle with Justin Angle. Always an inter- interesting conversation, the overlay between business and sports. It is presented by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot for inviting me to these fun community events the last couple days. Went to City Club Missoula yesterday, went to the State of Missoula uh, address today, and uh I sat with the folks from Blackfoot both times, so I appreciate Debbie and her team for always thinking of me. I love doing that kind of stuff, and uh, thanks for all the support and all the things we do here uh, at Nuanas Now. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. we got some transfer news in the Big Sky Conference. We're also going to keep learning about the NFL from back in the 1970s. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it, it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, um, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. This one's going to be a fun one. Ben Folds 5 and the uh, Missoula Symphony at the Kettle House Amphitheater later on this summer. Definitely one of my favorite tunes. They're just great songwriters. Uh, that'll be a fun one. Welcome back to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you being here. Couple pieces of news from the uh, the. Always spinning, always turning wide world of the transfer portal, uh, as well as just in the world of recruiting. Beyonce B, the uh, 
multiple time, I guess four time All Big Sky selection at the University of Idaho, uh, has chosen her landing spot for her fifth and final year. She will be going to Washington State. So that's uh, both, I think, a good fit to go play for Cami Etheridge and a, a team that was good last year uh, and then won the Pac-12 tournament, got a five seed in the tournament. I think that's a good fit for Beyonce. I think she'll be able to play in the Pac-12 for sure. I also think it's hilarious that the best male and the best female basketball players at the University of Idaho are both moving eight miles up the road <laughs> to, to go play in Pullman. Isaac Jones also uh, going to Washington State. Other Idaho news, Paul Moala, who was a Notre Dame transfer into the Idaho football team as a good player, he uh, entered the portal this offseason. He is headed to uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, I also saw that the, uh, the Grizz men's hoops team uh, got themselves a new Australian Blake Jones is his name. Uh, he hails from down under. And uh, I don't know, dare we say, a, a Josh Bannon replacement. Uh, don't have any specs on this guy. Just looking at his Twitter right now. Um, but Montana, honestly, you can't hate on Montana for recruiting Australians because they've had good, they've had actually great success with Australians. Fabian Krizlovic was a great player on uh, multiple Big Sky title teams. Jack Lopez was a solid uh, Australian. Josh Bannon was a 1,000-point scorer at Montana. Uh, ben Carter was okay uh, when he came to Montana. So they've had more success than not on uh, guys from land down under. Do you know anything more about this guy, Andrew? Uh, he's coming over, actually, from my neck of the woods because he's transferring from George Mason. Oh, okay, so that's actually George. I saw that on the, the tweet. I thought that might have been his high school. Uh, but no, that so that's actually the George Mason that went to the, the Final Four Back in, you know, whatever it was, 2006 or 2008, right? With Jim Laranega as the head coach? Uh, I assume so. You just put some doubt in my mind. But <laughs> I, I I don't think there are any high, George Mason high schools in, in sure. Australia. Sure. Uh, okay, so a, a new Grizz. We'll uh, follow up on that after a little while. And Matt Logie has also uh, added a couple. The new Montana State men's uh, basketball coach. Uh, he's added a, a few recruits to uh, the squad including most recently uh, they got a commitment from from Robert Ford and then uh, they also got a kid from Missouri who actually had a, an interesting tie. Um, he plays at a high school there in Missouri that is coached by uh, former College of Southern Idaho head coach and a former NIC head coach who was once upon a time a high school coach in Idaho. The young man we're referring to, his name is Aiden Gare. But Aiden Gare played most recently at a high school in Missouri uh, where the head coach was a guy who was a high school basketball coach in Idaho and then coached at NIC and College of Southern Idaho and then was at Idaho State with uh, Ryan Looney for a minute. And uh, now, <laughs> so I guess that's probably the connection. Matt Logie probably knows this young man's coach from being at Whitworth and recruiting that area. So Aiden uh, Gare is the uh, the one coming in, uh, the latest Bobcat recruit. And and one more, uh, just 10 minutes ago, this guy tweeted, uh, Jaden Garon. Uh, oh, Jaden Garon. I see this right now right here in front of me. A, a guy who's played in, in 20 games at Rice over the last two seasons. So another transfer. I'm telling you. Cats. I'm telling you. Uh, I think... Uh, I actually think that the mass exodus in Bozeman 
you can't say it's good for the program. And if you were to return Raekwon Battle and Great Osabar and those guys this upcoming year, you'd be the undisputed Big Sky Conference favorites. But if you're going to lose your head coach and you have a new head coach coming in, I actually think that losing everybody is more advantageous than bringing a few back and not bringing a few back because you could bring in all your own guys. Now, it remains to be seen if these guys Matt Logie is bringing in are uh, good, good enough, um, can keep the the Bobcat program rolling along. But I I do think you can find a fit for your system, and you can also have a whole bunch of guys that want to play for you. What do you think? I mean, from a new head coaching perspective, is this better for Logie? Oh, it's great for Logie, yeah, to be able to shape the roster uh, the way that he wants it, to bring in guys uh, to fill roles in in his offense, in his scheme, etc. I mean, he knows better than anybody else what kind of players those are. And, you know, not a lot of head coaches get that. I mean, certainly in college basketball, it, it's more prevalent because you, you can go to the transfer portal. But certainly no no coach in the NBA is getting the chance to mold the roster the way that he likes when he comes in. So it's good for Logie. Uh, it just adds to the gamble that Montana State took, and it adds to the necessity of, of Matt Logie being the right guy, right? Because uh, just sort of naturally, he's also getting a ton of control over the roster in addition to, uh, you know, all the other things that he's in control of in the program. So it just adds to the necessity that they got that higher right. We, uh, we've been sort of trying to make uh, a little bit light of all the uh, the crazy transfer portal news only because it just is, it's such a, a new thing. It's, it's hard to wrap your mind around. It's hard to not inherently just be negative about it. So we've been trying to like make jest of it all. But I will say, probably the best news for folks that are following the Big Sky Conference, especially in hoops right now, is that most of the goings are, are probably getting close to being done, if not finished. And the incoming is going to be a lot more prevalent. I think that that's sort of the, the way that we're going to um, track this uh, yearly as long as this phenomenon still exists is when the NCAA tournament ends and, and college basketball recruiting kicks in, you're going to see a lot of departures first, and then the big sky will have an opportunity to then replace all those people and bring a bunch of, of recruits in. So uh, I don't really know if a whole bunch of good news is coming because I have no idea if any of the new players are going to be good enough, but at least news of incoming is coming, I think, over these next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, it's just so tough to follow it because you have the, the one-two gut punch, right? Because you right. have all the players entering the portal from the conference, and then you have all of those players going somewhere else. So you have the one wave, and then the second wave hits you yeah. too, and it's just... Uh, it leads to a lot of uh, fatalism about the state of the conference, right? Because you're getting those two pieces of news one right after the other. But you're not hearing about a lot of the incoming transfers to the Big Sky until after the outgoing transfers have picked their destination. Yeah. And also the other thing is we know how good all the outgoing players are in the Big Sky. I know exactly how good Raekwon Battle is. I have no idea how good Tejon Sawyer is. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen Raekwon Battle play 60 games. I've never seen, you know, the new guys coming in to play any games. There are going to be guys who who are announced as incoming transfers, you know, this week, the next couple of weeks, who are going to be all Big Sky caliber guys. We just don't know who they are, and we know that a ton of Big Sky, all Big Sky caliber guys have left. That's my biggest uh, 
fatalistic attitude about this, though, is how detrimental is it to the league? Because there's there there's going to be there's going to be 15 to 17 All Big Sky players in the Big Sky every year because 15 to 17 guys are going to be on the All Conference team. At what point is what makes up a first team All Conference player really dip? I, I was down on the league last year quite a bit, but then when you actually retrospectively think back on it, a lot of the guys that were on the first and second team were good players. But I was looking at the the Big Sky's all-conference teams from 2019, the year before the pandemic, that before that started this whole this whole mess. And uh, I think that you, you could say that seven of the ten guys that were on the first and second all-Big Sky would have been the best player in the league this last year. So there is, there has been an objective dip in talent, but actually retrospectively looking at uh, who was first and second team All-Big Sky last year, those guys were actually pretty good. If the guys that are coming in are as good as last year, I think that's okay for the league. They just can't have sort of this redefining of what a first and second team All-League player is and have those guys be objectively way worse than the group used to be. Wow. Steel Venter's catching some some strays today on Nuanez now with that <laughs> comparison. But, yeah, I mean, and a lot of it's about opportunity for these guys too, right? And that's what makes them all-conference players when they get to the big sky. I mean, a guy like Angelo Allegri was, was a good player at UNC Greensboro. Sure. He played okay. But he wasn't a, a first-team all-conference type guy or anything. Right. When I think that, you know, was he? Did he have the ability to be a first-team all-conference guy in in whatever conference that is that UNCG plays in? I think probably yeah, and he just found the right opportunity at yeah. Eastern Washington yeah. to to shine. For better or worse, I think that getting a whole bunch of guys like the Cats just got this guy from Rice, right? That is not the 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 direct future of how to keep the league in it, it pretty good. I think getting the the Raekwon battles of the world, the Andre Spites of the world, the guys that were can't-miss guys coming out of high school that went to the top-level college basketball and then missed, and then they get a resurgence or a renewal at a Big Sky program, that's how I think you're going to have the best top level of talent in the Big Sky. For better or worse, I know people don't like to hear that, but I, I don't think that Damian Lillard's coming and walking through the Big Sky anytime soon. I think it's going to have to be the guys that... Uh, fall from grace or can't hack it at the top level that then get a, a renewal in the big sky. And so much of getting those guys comes down to the coaches in the league and, and what their connections are. The one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. A couple final thoughts rolling into Lakers at Nuggets. The Western Conference Finals commences. We got all the action right here on ESPN Radio, so we'll get you set up for the game. Don't change the dial. Right, right back after this. I am here with Catherine Delands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. 
missed anything on ESPN Radio today, Nuanas Now, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. They also got their new Apple Store up and running there in the M Store. Check them out. Downtown Missoula, corner of uh, Higgins and Broadway. Nuanas Now podcast, also probably presented by the Montana State Bookstore. Montana State Bookstore, the best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day when you're there on the Montana State campus. We got NBA playoffs coming up right after this. Game one of the uh, Los Angeles Lakers at the Denver Nuggets in Denver tonight. Nuggets got one of the best home court advantages uh, in the NBA. Sadly, our NHL playoffs is over. Uh, The Stanley Cup playoffs are not over. They continue on, and we will break down conference finals previews for both the East and the West Game one uh, of the conference finals starts on Thursday between, uh, excuse me, is it tonight? Oh, no, it's on Thursday. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Tommy. Uh, Game one of the uh, Eastern Conference finals, Panthers-Hurricanes is on Thursday. And then game one of the Western Conference finals is on Friday. The Stars and the Golden Knights uh, play in because the Stars beat the uh, Seattle Kraken in uh, game seven last night. What's up, Thomas? Sorry to barge in, but I do have a superior job title to you, Coulter, so I just get to walk in here anytime I want. Hey, did you know that the Queens of the Stone Age has some new music out? Are you going to play it on the new show? I'm kicking off my show in like, what we got here, six minutes? Yeah, nice. With Queens of the Stone Age. So I wanted to come tell you face-to-face, Hell yeah. Queens of the Stone Age I didn't on know, the new I didn't show. I did know they had new music. I want Queens of the Stone Age in Missoula, man. So do I, man. Well, Are quick, they too big time for I shouldn't say that, because I mean, with the Rolling Stones and Paul McCartney have come to Missoula, so there's no such thing is too big time for Missoula. For sure, right. Well, but but there is a weird thing where, like, if you can't sell out Washington Grizzly Stadium, but you're way too uh, well, big of an act to come, I don't know. Are they too big? I don't know. It all comes down to the fact that you just continue to hoard your masses of wealth. If you would just <laughs> write a check, Coulter, these guys will come here. Yeah. They're musicians. They need money to yeah, buy pork yeah, and beans, yeah, man. Yeah, well, uh, you got two options on the radio tonight. You can listen to the... Uh, no, you don't. You have one. Well, that's right. You should listen. Here's what you should do. You should listen to the new show between 6 and 7 on 103.3 The Trail. That's right. And then change it back one notch on the dial. Listen to the second half of the uh, first game of the Western Conference Finals here. That's right. Uh, that's that's the way you do it. How's, how's your day? How's your... Uh, Great. Whenever you tuck Amazing. your shirt in, I think you're like going to run for president of the United States or I something. Am. <laughs> I am. I have to assert my radio dominance by tucking my shirt in. Real low standards yeah. around this place. Yeah, you, you are almost... You're almost a 30-year-old, so... Yeah, isn't that wild? You used to have a band called Comatose Sp- Smile. Now, yeah. there's a band coming to Missoula called Brothers Comatose. Is this like a rehashing of your old, of your old ways? Um... I might have to sue them. <laughs> they stole your yeah. name. Yeah, that's all right. I'm still getting the royalty checks, Coulter. That's why you get these nice secondhand button-up yeah, yeah, shirts, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, anything else on the new show tonight that people all need? All kinds to of t- cool stuff, six, yeah. 6 to 7, 103.3 The Trail. Yeah, just dial in. We're, we're mostly focusing in on opening acts, so bands that are coming through town opening mm. for some headliners. We're playing those guys uh, on the new show. Some new music. We're spanning genre. I got some hip-hop and nice. some death metal nice. on the trail tonight. Nice. Have you ever heard yeah. of the band Flight, F-L-Y-T-E? No. They're a British band. They're apparently really big in Great Britain. They opened for Joseph last night. Uh, they Right. You went to Joseph. Uh, it was cool. Your your yeah. uh, your predictions were great. I'll give you the full synopsis yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it here in just a minute. But it, it was fun. They rocked for sure. Cool. Right on. Uh, great job by the, you guys at the trail, though, for sure, because I, uh, I thought I was going in blind, thought I didn't know any of their songs. 
I definitely knew uh, quite a few songs because you guys have been playing them on the trail. Well, you listen to good music, Colter. The new show has a lot of good music, 6 to 7. Change it one notch, up the dial. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. This has been New Honest Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Colter Nuanas from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.